Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is the New Beginnings Podcast. I am your host, Matt Clem. And with every end, there is always a new beginning. We are here to talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, and really the journey in becoming your best self. Wherever you are, I hope you enjoy. So let's get right into it. I'm, uh, I'm just glad that we're able to do this. And this will be definitely like the first of many. So let's get it going. First off, obviously, some people are from my kind of um, my kind of audience and then yours. Yeah. So let's just start with just introducing yourself. How do we meet? Um, and like, yeah, what, what do you do up until this point? Yeah, so what's going on, everyone? My name is Elena. I am a coach at Beyond Build. And that's actually how Matt and I met was through Beyond Build. We're both clients and I happen to be a coach one time. Um, a little bit about me is, I don't even know where to start when people ask me this question. It's so loaded. Um, I mean, over the last like five, six years, I've lost about 250 pounds. I competed in a transformation division for bodybuilding and I'm now a wellness competitor. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I really love talking mindset and like helping people through like limiting beliefs and stuff like that. And that's actually how Matt and I got to be really close because we had a retreat uh, in San Diego for Beyond Built. And we just had a couple of really cool like late night conversations of just like life um, and just what we wanted and how we were going to get there. And we literally have been besties since then. So yeah. Let's go. Yes. Um, and yeah, for, for those that don't know, it's like, yeah, you have gone through um, a physical transformation journey, but also a huge mental right? I feel that most people just want to gain or lose 20 pounds or more or less, right? But the it, you have to change mentally in order for that to even occur, right? To actually keep those 20 pounds off, right? It's like, yeah, you can get a quick band-aid fix and three, what's to say three months down the line, it's like you won't gain it all back, right? Um, but more so in the topic that we're talking about today, it's it's about the the hero's journey the journey of the hero and uh and i just am curious to know and you can take this physical you can take this mental whichever route that you want to mount this on but um every hero embarks on a journey right so for you mounting your own quest um physically mentally emotionally whichever route that you want to take um what was that starting that quest like and um and where were you um, when you like mounted that quest, not necessarily physically, where were you, but like, where yeah. were you at in life? Yeah. So I feel as if I've had many moments where I've mounted the quest and like, gotten back on first. Um, the very first time I was 18, 19 years old and I was 415 pounds and the doctor was like, Hey, if you don't lose weight, that's and I didn't take it the first time he said it. Because I was, at the time, I, I don't know if you ever had this mentality as a teenager where you're like, I'm invincible, like nothing can tear me down. But that's where I was. That was, I was like, no, you're lying to me. I'm fine. I'm not actually like going to die. And then the following doctor's appointment, I got really sick. Um, and they found a tumor on my stomach. And he was like, yo, let's take this seriously. You're going to die. And I feel like that was the first time I was like, oh, like I really need to change my life. I need to do something different than what I'm doing now. Because obviously like where, what I've been doing up until this point isn't helping me go anywhere further in life. Um, mm. So I feel like the first time I was like, oh, I have a journey on, let's get started. Um, and then I had the gastric sleeve in 2017. 
And I feel like that's a whole nother quest that kind of was like encompassed within it. Um, because yes, I did use it as a tool to lose the weight and it was 100% useful. I also didn't realize that there were a lot of mental and emotional and even spiritual things that I needed to deal with before embarking on that side of the journey. Because the truth is, is like, you're so right when people talk about how your journey is so much more than just physical and there's all of these other aspects that come into it. And whenever you're not actually having those conversations and addressing the things that are going on in your brain and in your heart and in your soul, you're going to end up in the same place you started regardless, whether you school or not, it even comes down to in your own life, like whether it's fitness journey, whether it's business, like if you don't actually address the shit happening in your life, you're not actually going to get anywhere. You're going to go in this like hypothetical circle where you just keep repeating patterns and then wondering why you never do anything. Um, and so that would probably be phase two when I had the surgery, not realizing. Phase three is when probably when I joined Beyond Built and I was like, yo, I need help. I had regressed into some of the bad habits that had gotten me up into that point. And um, I didn't realize that I needed help. And then Chad, as he does with everybody, slides into the DMs and was like, yo, let's get on a call. I talked with him for a bit and then I feel like the fourth and the most powerful one that I've stepped into recently um, has been when I moved out to LA, I actually decided to move out to LA, not talk to anybody for a month and go really, really deep on my emotional trauma because there was a lot of things in my life that I didn't deal with. And I spent a month not talking to anybody aside from Farshad. And the only reason I talked to Far was to actually like work through and have some discord um, and I, I came out of that 30 days, a completely different person. And I feel like was the true catalyst of who I am now, not saying that the phases before weren't important and they weren't a part of the journey. They very much were. I feel like whenever I decided to go truly all in on myself, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, that's when I started blossoming as a person rather than just the physical being, if that makes sense. 100%. And, and I mean, there's a lot of um, quests <clears throat> that you've mounted that um, you definitely brought up. And I want to go into more of that, like, emotional, mental, and even spiritual, if you want to go that route uh, of that journey, because we, we can talk about getting to the gym, we can talk about all these, all these things, right, the, the insecurities on all the superficial level. But that that's the reason why people aren't going to the gym consistently. That's the reason why they're eating Cheetos or they're insecure and compare themselves or they're people pleasers or whatever. There's a reason why, why people attach to the thought that your fitness journey is hard, that tracking your macros is hard, that just taking, going on a walk is hard. Right. And it's because people don't address the real trauma, the real thing that's led them to that point. So for you in, in every hero's journey, it's like you leave home, right? You maybe go to LA and everything. And, and then you, you have this transformative experience, but even before then, it's like you had to face your trauma. You had to face your, your problem. So you had to go in, let's say just that question of itself, you had to go into the abyss. So what, what in like, obviously, uh, definitely whatever you want to share and how vulnerable you want to get. But it's like, what did you have to address when you like were in LA when you just packed your bags and like physically left to like really address your trauma? Like what kind of, for the audience, it's like, 
what kind of traumas did you have to address and, and face that you had been like maybe uh, figuratively, but also physically like running away from for the majority of your life? Yeah, for sure. So I, I feel like it's multifaceted in like, we say multifaceted, but really the root comes down and it's a pretty similar thing. So I'll kind of like run you through the different things. Um, the biggest one was my relationship with food. Um, I, for a long time, had always had a lot of shame around food. And I went from an extreme binge eating disorder to becoming anorexic because I just hated food. Um, at that point, I had deemed it as my comfort. And then like, a year later, I was like, food is the enemy, I can't eat it. And so I kind of between those two scales. Um, and I remember having a conversation with Far and going, wow, like, why do I do this? And he asked me, when was the earliest time that you remember feeling this way? Mm. And then the memory. And then I remember that that even wasn't the earliest memory. So I went to a different one. And then I went further back. And there is this very distinct period of my life, I was probably like 10, a little bit of TMI, but like I was a very mature 10 year old. I started, I like had my first menstrual, menstrual cycle when I was 10. Um, and so I put on a lot of weight because naturally whenever a woman's body starts doing that, you just put on more weight and stuff like that. And so um, whenever I would start to eat more, my parents being in the mindset of if you want to lose weight, the best way to do it is to not eat food and then to work really harder. And then they were brought up in the fad diets and their parents weren't necessarily the most supportive when it came to like food culture and stuff like that. So at the time, it felt like my parents were punishing me when they told me I couldn't have certain foods or I wasn't allowed to eat certain amounts of food. And then looking back at it, I understand that they were only doing the best of what they could and the knowledge in which they had. And so that was the first thing that I really had to like address was those moments where I would get up and go get another plate and my dad would be like, are you sure you want to do that? Or mm -hmm. go out for a walk and then I wouldn't be allowed to come back until I did like two, two or three miles. And so the thing is, is like, whenever we talk about, and, and this can kind of go in multiple different ways. It doesn't just have to be with food, but in relationships yeah. with people, like, People, whenever they talk to you a certain way or they, you feel like they're talking down to you, oftentimes it's a reflection of things that they've experienced in their own life. And so in the moment, it might feel like they're coming for you and they're against you and that no one supports you when in actuality, they felt that way. And this is the way that they, were, they received love growing up. And this is the way that they were taught. And so they're only mimicking those same things. They're allowing their fears to take over their judgment, which is okay. And so... When it came down to my food, um, being shamed a lot as a kid, I would hide stuff. And so mm -hmm. I would, like literally have a stash underneath my bed of food for me to eat at night. So that way my parents didn't know about it, but I would still be able to feed, feed the craving. And then that grew into me being an adult. And so the first time that I sat down and addressed it, I wasn't angry. I was like, I get it now. I mm -hmm. understand that parents didn't eat. They were trying to save me. trying to do what they to help me, sorry. Um, they were trying to do what they could to help me feel better with the best knowledge that they had at the moment. So the food did like the food addiction and emotional eating was definitely one that I had to like sit down, pinpoint, and go, okay, cool. This is what happened. This is how I felt. My feelings are still 100% valid in this, and it doesn't take away from the projection that was felt and then the narrative that was created in that moment. Um, I the next really big defining one 
was um, when I was, I think, 18, 18 or 19, mm -hmm. um, I was dating a guy and um, his best friend ended up tricking me into going to his apartment. I was taken advantage of and um, I was scared for a really long time of men for like that specific reason. So I feel like that was another thing that I had to really like sit down and work through. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I work with two very masculine men as coaches. And even in a friend sense, there was a lot of boundaries and walls that I put up initially because I was so uncomfortable and I was afraid of what might happen next. And so, um, being able to address those situations was also super important for me as well, because I feel like that was a defining moment of, I lived so hard in my masculine to protect myself from men mm -hmm. like that I didn't allow my, and then now as I'm becoming more aware of, Hey, this happened. Yes. It's unfortunate. And it doesn't define you. I'm now welcoming that feminine side in that allows me to have the harmony between the two and also not beat myself up for any situations that may come up. Um, and then also just mindset, just in general, like a blanket statement. Um, I used to very much struggle with positive self-talk, which I feel like is why I'm so like into it now because there were mm -hmm. 20 years of my life where I would literally talk to myself. Um, and I remember sitting in Far's room with Far and Mike and we were having a conversation and I was just beating myself up. And I, what I mean beating my, I mean ripping into myself saying that I was, mm. I was all of these things. And Mike looked at me and he was like, I don't understand how you can be so mean to someone that I love so much. I wish you saw the person that I love. And that is yeah. when that's when everything clicks because I was like, I would never say this to you. So why am I saying it to myself? Mm. Too far, why am I saying it to myself? I would never say this to a client. Why am I saying it to myself? And it gave me perspective of going if I loved myself an ounce of the way that other people say that they love me imagine how much better my life would be myself as much grace as I give other people imagine what expectation would not exist if I pushed myself in healthier ways the way that I pushed my clients or my friends or my family in the way that I like if I did that for myself imagine where I would be. and so I feel like kind of walking through all of these like trauma narratives and stories that we tell ourselves and being able to go, okay, this happened in my life. This was, this was a big moment and it does not define who I become and where I go from now. And to appreciate the exact version of who I was in the moment, instead of looking back with mature eyes and going, I should have known better. I look back and go, you did exactly what you were meant to do to get me to who I need to be right now. You were exactly who you needed to be and you learned the lesson that you needed to learn in order for you to become the person that is here today. And I feel like being able to appreciate that version of yourself, love that version of yourself and also celebrate that version of yourself is so powerful because we spend so much time looking back with mature eyes going, I should have known. And it's like, no, you know exactly what you meant to. Mm. you wouldn't be here and I feel like that's that's kind of like the trials and tribulations that I've not necessarily overcome more of come into harmony with and mm -hmm. allowed me to embrace that time and that for first off thanks for getting getting vulnerable um 
because up until freaking like February of this year, like I had a deeply rooted like hate for myself. Yeah. And, and that was why I was like maybe so consistently inconsistent in the gym. That's why all the superficial level stuff that I did day to day was was never coming into my fruition of how I perceive myself. It's like, oh, I wanted to be I want to be a great coach. I want to have authority. I want to make an impact. I want to do these things. I want to I want to I want to, but it's like there there wasn't this this I I felt like I was a vessel. Like I I was just empty and I was wanting all these comparisons and what everyone else is doing, but it's like I never actually sat with myself and actually asked Matt like, what do you truly want? Yep. Who do you have to truly be to get to where you want? And, and I never addressed those. And it's like, yeah, I did maybe Jesus camp and maybe little Kairos high school retreats here and there where, where I like really tapped in or even like music festivals where maybe I was like on an elevated surface and I'm like, whoa, like this is what presence feels like. But, but at the end of the day, then I would go back to the day to day and then I'd like, find this emptiness i'm like what the hell did i just experience that felt so good so loving so much support for belonging just within myself and then i go back into a regular day-to-day and i'm like i hate myself and it's like when i started to ask those questions of why am i feeling this way like why am i so inconsistent to the gym or why am i binging on fucking ice cream or whatever it's like I actually started to address those, those real problems. Right. So, so for you and on the hero's journey, it's like, obviously you go through and and like, we're, we're fighting the good fight every day. It's not like we're fucking perfect and we're on a pedestal than anyone else. It's just like, um, but being expressive and being vulnerable and actually able to share our own stories makes it a more healing journey for our own. So for you to even get to that, that point, um, and I've been practicing presence heavily, mm-hmm. like living in this moment as if tomorrow is my last day. So, so for you, out of everything on your journey, it's like, how do you currently live in like that presence? And, and when I mean in presence, in terms of the hero's journey, it's like, when, and we can just say going back home to yourself. We don't even have to do a physical place, but it's like when you go back to your own self and you bring gifts, I mean, that's why they call the present the present, right? It's because mm-hmm. it's a gift just to be here right now. So, so for you, it's like, how do you continue to live in presence or even just like practice it um, to stay at the standard that you uphold for yourself? Yeah, for sure. I I feel like the first thing is also adjusting the narrative from fighting the fight to you're human, you're just being. And so I feel like oftentimes we like to create conflict without realizing it. And so by telling us ourselves that we are gearing up to go fight the good fight, you're demon you're demonizing it as if it's an or statement. It's either mm-hmm. you win. And so welcoming the idea that you can be humbled and you can also be victorious and there's no fighting it. You don't have to be mm. humble or winning. Um, and I feel like changing that narrative for me has really like helped because I very much used to see life as an or statement rather than an and statement or even just a comment or, or a comma. And so like um, something that helps me stay really like grounded in my presence is one gratitude 
Um, but I also got into this phase where I would use toxic positivity and I would anchor in on my gratitude when, when, and use it as a crutch versus actually appreciating it. And so the difference between the two, have you ever had a moment where things aren't working the best and you're like, well, at least I have a roof over my head and I'm grateful yeah. that I have a job and I'm grateful that I have family. That's using toxic grati like gratitude in order to discredit how you're actually feeling in that moment. And so if you're going through shit, go through it. Feel it out. Have all the feelings. Get angry. Get mad. Get sad. Get frustrated. Yell if you need to. Like, do what you need to to feel those emotions. Emotions only last in your system for 90 seconds if you allow them to. Hi by having those types of statements, you're actually telling your entire body that feeling that emotion is not okay, which is why you tend to shut down, which is why you'll have outbursts, and which is why sometimes you don't feel present in the deemed negative emotion because your body has been taught, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel that. So allowing yourself to experience and be in totality has been super powerful because for me, I grew up in a traditional Hispanic household. I grew up with an older brother who like was super, and <clears throat> it was, don't feel your emotions, rub some dirt in it, be an adult, like get out of that corner. Why are you crying? I'll give you a reason to cry. It was that type of narrative that was always going. So I always deemed anything other than happiness, laughter, and all that other stuff is negative. And so being able to step into those emotions has actually been able to teach me more presence than literally anything else. If I'm mad and I need a moment, guess what? I'm going to honor that feeling. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take a deep breath, do what I need to, and then I'm going to come back. I'm be Gucci. I'm be Gucci. If I'm happy, you better know that I'm going to celebrate the fuck out of whatever is going on. I'm going to hype you up. I'm going to be the number one person in your corner. And it's also okay to acknowledge the fact that like, if you're sad and you're just like having an off day, you also don't owe that explanation to anyone except for yourself. Mm. Gave me the opportunity to be present because I was not worried about what everyone else said, felt, thought, what they were doing, their perception, anything like that. I was more focused on how am I feeling? How can I honor this feeling? Mm. And what is it teaching me? Is it teaching me to be more present? Is it teaching me that I need to be more patient? Is it teaching me that I need to drop my ego? Is it teaching me that I can be a better friend to myself? What do I need to learn out of this exact moment? And like, I feel like all of this come, kind of comes full circle because I was told that I was gonna die. I wasn't supposed to make it this far. I was given till 25. And I'm sitting here at 25. And I look back on my life and I'm like, wow, I could all of these like you and I would not be having a conversation had I not decided to go all in on myself had I not decided to embark on that journey and I feel like that in itself gives me a lot of perspective which is actually why I have my perspective tattoo because like if you don't have perspective in your own life you're literally just looking at a corner if you don't have perspective you don't see anything other than what is right in front of you and opportunities and gratitude and even people are in places that you can't see right off the rip. Are you giving yourself the opportunity to be present, allow yourself to look around, and then understand that things aren't what they seem and that you can make literally anything out of something. And that, that, that's huge because when you mean going all in on yourself, it's like, I'm choosing to love myself. 
from this day mm -hmm. forward, right? And, and I feel that why people are, are struggling with their, their mindset or their health or their maybe your emotional well-being and all that kind of stuff is because they're not giving themselves that grace. They're not giving themselves that worthiness or that unconditional love. For me, up until this year, I would only love myself if I had like abs, right? I would only love myself if like everything was going perfect. But in reality, it's like this world is not perfect. This world is far from perfect as possible. And that kind of goes into um, embracing that uniqueness, embracing that those imperfection, embracing those those flaws. And for me, it's like, I lived, I was told in high school, because apparently like my kneecaps are like a couple centimeters off. And I was told that I wouldn't be able to like walk when I'm like 35, 40. And there, there's two paths with that. It's either I can be like, holy shit, I need to get surgery, like scared, the like I'm scared. Or I can take the other path of like, holy shit, I can start believing in myself. I can start strength training. I can start taking care of my body more healthily. I can start choosing. Yep doing the things on a daily basis that are, are good for me and doing it not out of this condition. And I feel that with so many people, it like, it, it is, I wouldn't say sad, but it's like, it's the truth that so much change comes from just being in a dark place. And it's like, how can yeah. the majority of people aren't necessarily in a dark place? They're just living with some sort of quiet desperation. Like yeah. I, and I heard on a podcast where it was like, many people aren't like on a scale of one like is really bad and 10 life is really good people are just living between four and six mm -hmm. and and it's like not not enough motivation to get to the gym not enough like but n that that relationship isn't toxic enough so i'm just gonna stay because it's comfortable and it's like how can we n go from like looking at those people that are just living a moderate life into that seven into that eight into that nine and not necessarily meaning like every single day but like what we just talked about on the last call it's like how can we just win the freaking day so kind of my last question going into this talk is like um currently right now what are you doing to win your day like what what about your days that you're doing right now or being like you don't even have to do anything but what are what questions on a daily basis are you asking yourself or maybe someone out there that is living a moderate life, someone out there that is living a, a four out of six kind of life and how can they start using discipline? How can they start using unconditional love in their favor to make them more consistent, happier uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? For sure. I think the first thing is being honest with yourself, right? So if you were to actually ask those people how they're doing on a scale of one to 10 and they gave you a five or a six, chances are they're lying, mm. right? They're not actually being honest with where they're at. They're not actually being honest with how they feel about themselves because a lot of people don't want the shame, guilt, and judgment that might come from the other person if they answer honestly. And so the first thing is ask yourself, how am I really? On a scale of one to 10, where am I actually at? Where am I actually at and where do I tell people I am? And why is there that much of a gap? And so once you can get really honest with yourself, then you ask yourself, what do I value? What are my core values? How do I show up and who do I want to become? And I'm massive on core values. The amount of conversations you and I have had alone on core values is nuts. Um, but I have five core values 
and I literally live by them and I make every single decision, sometimes even down to what I wear to the gym by those core values. And what this does is it gives me something to work towards because if you are just working and you have no idea where you're going, what are you doing? You're literally wasting energy. You're wasting time. And you, at the end of the day, you're not, you're going to lose motivation because you have nothing that you're working towards. And so get really, really clear on your why understand that it's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a day. It did not take you overnight for you to gain a hundred pounds, right? It's not going to come off in a night. It did not take Steve Jobs one month for him to build what he built. It's not going to take you one month, right? And so being honest, being realistic about what you're doing and like creating reasonable goals and not expecting too much of yourself. If your goal is to love yourself, understand that you are still human and you're going to have days where you're going to struggle and that might feel a little bit tougher than usual. If your goal is to step on stage, understand that there's a lot of things that might come up that you're going to have to deal with and it's okay because you're human and that's what makes you beautiful. That's what makes you extraordinary in your own way. And honestly, like, Checking in with yourself, whether it's daily, whether it's weekly, whether it's monthly, can be so important because you can ask yourself, do I even want this goal anymore? Am I, am I showing up as who I want to be? So like one of my core values is authenticity. And I remember the very first time I did it, I was like, oh, I give myself a five. And then the other one is fearlessness. And so you ask, you ask yourself, can I be authentic and be fearless? If my fearless is at a three, but my authenticity is at a seven, how does that line up? Because they coincide. You can't be authentic without being fearless and you can't be fearless without being authentic. And so being and having that actual dialogue all the time is super powerful and being able to check yourself because as amazing as having a support system is around you, it's not their job, nor it is their responsibility to keep you on track with your it is not anybody else's responsibility to go out and lose the weight. It is not anyone else's responsibility to go out and get you clients. It is not anyone else's responsibility, fill in the blank. What you want in your life is 100% on you. It is your responsibility and it is your job to get it done regardless, point blank period. There's nothing else behind it. And so understanding that your life is literally what you choose to make of it has changed my perspective and then also being able to talk to people on the backside of conversations, it's also given them an idea to go, yo, like, if I'm not having a bad day, that's on me. If I don't like my job, that's on me. If I don't like where I live, that's on me. Because when you take money, you take the cars, you take the job, you take everything away, who are you? What do you offer? Mm -hmm. that, is the, that is the one question that I love asking people. Who are you? If you didn't have any awards, if you didn't have the job, if you didn't have the bank account, if you didn't have any of it, who are you? At the end of the day, that's what matters. Nothing else does. Damn. And <laughs> I mean, we can we can probably talk freaking forever about this. Um, yeah. But really, to end this this out, like I just started this podcast, and um, I really resonate with the saying with every end there is always a new beginning so for you if i already give you the phrase with every end there is how would you um say it on the end um i've been thinking about this for literally since you sent what was it yesterday since you sent the the um the questions 
I feel like I, I feel like with every end there is a chance. And the reason why I say chance is because chance, choice, and change all start with the same three or the same two, right? And so if you give yourself two chances to change, it will automatically be the choice. And so if change happens in a in an instant, in an instant. It doesn't happen over time. The choice to change doesn't happen over time. It happens in a minute. Think about it. When you hit rock bottom, you're like, I'm done. And that's it. We're going. When you're finally tired of your job, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. So it happens in a moment, but you have to give yourself the chance to see it. Mm. And so that's why I would say chance. That's, that's huge because, and I was just listening to something. It's like giving yourself like redemption and give self that forgiveness is gonna inevitably mm -hmm. get that chance to change.